Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie the Third. I'm Jonathan Daniel Brown, and joining us is our brand new, totally permanent co-host, Katie Halper. Never going anywhere. Hi. Hey. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me and hiring me forever. Wait, and why are we thanking her? She's going to be a part of the show now. She's uh, well, our new host. We uh, have to thank her because yeah, she's. We have it. to thank. No, no, no. Now yeah. that she's the host, we don't have to be treat. We don't have to be nice to her at all. Actually, I mean, That's we weren't true. nice to Jack. I mean, come on. Yeah, but this is like a this is a nice uh, a trial, you know. So you gotta you have to woo me. I mean, we I, have, I, wait, I whoa, whoa, whoa. this is not what we talked about before the episode, Katie. There's no wooing involved here. <laughs> we don't. No we don't woo. <laughs> like you're either part of struggle session woo, or you're I've out. Heard. Oh, okay. Well. All right. So it's welcome, been a big welcome to struggle session. Thank uh, you. Um, and you know, you're. We talk about pop culture a lot, and yeah. you know the intersection between pop culture and politics. You're more of a political person, so we're, go- we're as an introductory episode. Um, we're going to do a little bit more politics today. We're going to get that's right, folks. We're going to get oh boy, topical. I mean, I can talk about pop culture. I just don't overlap with the pop culture that you guys talk about. Like, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, to be fair, our, our pop culture is very. Very uh, pop culture-y pop culture. I mean, mine not- was a little weird. Like, I really like um, 80s movies and, like, 90s coffeehouse feminist lesbianish music. Like, if you want to do an episode on Ani DeFranco... No, I'm like we, 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 <laughs> we could do we could do an episode about uh we could do an episode about like Janine Garofalo and yes. and we could do an episode oh, the if truth we about want. cats and dogs great yeah movie. we could do we could do a movie about all of those like Gen X nineties like we could probably get Janine Garofalo on uh, that's oh, probably reality true Reality Bites Reality Bites was great you talk about Reality Bites we could talk about like singles and thirty something and in the 80s we could talk uh, I mean lots what, what, of in, in those pop possibilities for our new host actually yes yes lots of possibilities with Katie sure Katie doesn't read comic books or play video games but we still love her just as yeah. just the same I play Tetris like I said I believe last time oh man wait Katie you don't play video games no I mean, it's a video what? game podcast. No We're way. having a <laughs> wait. What? I don't. Okay, I don't play video games. I don't watch cartoons. In fact, you know, when I was growing up, all I watched were black and white movies and musicals. Yeah, uh, um, Katie, uh, can you um, take your headphones off for a second? JB, I don't know. I don't think this is gonna work out. Yeah, I mean, I like. Don't get me wrong. Like, I did a lot of musicals in high school. Like, you know, I did Fiddler on the Roof in sixth and ninth grade, but. I don't know. It's like the, the she doesn't know anything about comics. She doesn't, she doesn't know anything about. I know. Guys, it's I'm like I just start playing Dark Souls. Should know to come back on. Okay, Katie, come back on. You can come back. You can come back. We're gonna we're gonna make the most of this. I mean, so, <coughs> oh, you guys are gonna text me. Okay, thanks. I got your text. Okay, cool. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come back. Yeah. Come back. Fast, fast turnaround. Wait, can you hear me right now, or is my my sound muffled? I can hear you. No, you sound perfect. Great. That's what I wanted to hear. I love your voice. Awesome. Yes, I have that Fran Drescher, je ne sais quoi. I've worked on it for a long time. <laughs> you know Fran's woke, right? Hello? Fran is super woke. She yeah, tweeted she about how out capitalism again. was the source of all problems. Yeah, she did. She oh my awesome. God, she's so Marxist. It's great. We just got to get her to tweet more about that stuff. We got to yeah. get her leading a nanny revolution. <laughs> oh my God, domestic workers revolution. Totally. Exactly. And, you know, it's a different era where you don't have as many, uh, you don't really have quite as many, like, Jewish ladies from the Bronx doing the nannying. But that doesn't matter because the nanny, you know, crosses all cultural boundaries 
for all nannies all the time. And if we can get the nannies to stand up against the machine, uh, leave the rich kids alone for a couple of days, maybe the wages will go yeah. up. Imagine nanny, if you're... Nanny rage against the machine. Yeah, I'm nanny, nanny strike. Now, if, yeah. a, if nannies went on strike, Jesus Christ, the, like, the stock market would crash like immediately because all those shitty dads would have to come home and actually deal with their fucking kids. Yeah, seriously, and their moms. You know, when I, I, I like to practice class warfare by, um, uh, if I, I mean, this makes me sound like totally bougie, but if I need a cab, I try to do Via. I try to take the, the, the subway, obviously, and I try to do Via, which is a ride-sharing app. Hi, Via, send me some money or free trips for mentioning you on Struggle Session. But um, so what I like to do is I like to hail a cab and watch the park avenue ladies freak out because they don't know how to hail a cab they have (laughs) their doormen do that for them and if you get like you know a block or half a block ahead of the doormen they uh they're they're hopeless because they can't really leave their apartment so they don't know how to stick their fucking thumb out into the road no well you don't that's really a hitchhiking move but they yeah you put your hand up that's what they don't know how to do (laughs) that's awesome yeah so uh and i told you my dad my dad lived in speaking of uh Class warfare. I grew up in a building where Lloyd Blankfein used to live. Oh wow! And uh, my dad used to like let the unintentionally because he's very absent-minded, professorish, mad scientist. He would run a bath, then like get involved in reading, distracted by reading something or like playing with me as a little kid or something, and, or fall asleep taking a nap. And uh, after like a long day of seeing patients, he's a psychiatrist. And uh, a couple times he flooded Lloyd Blankfein's apartment. So Hell we're very proud yes. of that. Yeah, Hall- Lloyd Blankfein. Awesome. I mean, was how long? I mean, what was it? Bill Clinton, in, when he was arguing against populist reforms in the Democratic Party, said you could slit Lloyd Blankfein's throat, and they would just want more blood. And no, uh, he it's said not that? true. Yeah. No, we'd be fine with that. Just kidding. we'd be fine with that if you slit how, Lloyd yeah. Blankfein's throat. I'd be like, okay, I'm. Uh, Democrats are okay, I guess. Like they're yeah. slitting bankers' throats. Dainu, <laughs> like, as we say on Passover, it would uh, be enough. Yes. Good luck. Um, oh, yeah, I always, uh, I can't. That's my favorite part of actually is Passover when I you smack people with the uh, with the what do you even call them now? Like they're they're like these weird plants. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, the is that the, the sprouts? Wait, isn't that like uh, Sukkot or something? I never no, celebrated. No, but like during Dainu, we like whack each other with the. I have like no idea what this part Maybe is. I'm, there's got to be, I don't know, maybe it's like a West Coast Jew thing. Who knows? I've got to ask my mom what the, the is, Hebrew yeah. name for the thing is because. Is, is that like the I'm, Jew, that's like the modern day equivalent of giving people plagues and stuff? No, because with the plagues, we do like the dipping of the wine and the fingers. Oh, right, yeah. And then we also do Chad Gadya, which has, you know, like, and then like the, the sheep killed the dog, killed the angel of death. You know, you go down that. It's so dark. It's so violent. Judaism, Old Testament, Old Testament is just yeah. in general, Very so fucking violent and brutal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, is, uh, it is par for the course. Speaking yeah. of brutal, uh, we are here to celebrate the one year anniversary. <laughs> Of the resistance. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. It's just, working so well. It's working out well. The Grammys ratings are at their lowest, as you can tell, so people are ready to engage with the corporate media and take this mm-hmm. country back. Mm-hmm. They are ready to team up with celebrities and entrenched Democratic politicians. 
uh, to fix everything that Trump has ruined in the last year. America yeah. was perfect until last year. Right. Yeah. When Donald yeah. Trump came in and just, just ruined it all. And guys, uh, yeah. any day now, like Trump's done. Like I, I know yeah, another Russia, another Russia thing, and he's going to get impeached. We've been saying that for three hundred and sixty-five plus days that Trump is almost out of there, but it is really going to happen. Like in the next week, I can or sense so. it. Yeah. Well, you know, they yeah. fired, they they got rid of Andrew McCabe, and as we know, Andrew McCabe loves Donald Trump. So now that Andrew McCabe is gone, uh, it'll just be open season for Mueller to just finish everything, tie it all up with a bow. And uh, then Hillary will, of course, be installed because the Electoral College will be immediately overturned by our Republican Congress. Right. Like we never. Yeah. Which is is it's funny that that wasn't real a real campaign issue for the Dems ever. Um, and it never will be. <laughs> and, and, yeah. So, okay. I feel like you spend more time engaging with the resistance than uh, either of us to almost anybody else. So, what what, what has been your experience um, with the resistance? My experience has been that they are. It's almost like their talent. It's it's it, they have a a near genius like um, ability to speak um in a way that has no appeal to people who aren't already converted. <laughs> like they have no interest or ability to speak in a way that doesn't appeal to people who are already um, part of the hashtag resistance. And you can see that in the way they talk about Russia. People do not care about Russia. You can see that in the way they talk about Bernie Sanders uh, as if he's the devil incarnate. And that, of course, does not work if you want to appeal to uh, Sanders supporters. Um you can see that in the way they make fun of Trump's stupidity. I mean, to be fair, I feel like I used to be a little bit like this uh, when Bush was president. It's a little embarrassing, but I grew out of it, which was a very smug, contemptuous, um, disdainful attitude towards people who weren't already hip to things like same-sex marriage, you know, marriage equality, Um I was a lot, and I, you know, it was so much proving myself and virtue signaling. It kind of makes my stomach turn. Um, well, it was the move yeah. on era. And to be fair, you were being obnoxious, but you were also being obnoxious about stopping a war, which ended up killing, yeah, uh, I don't know, a true, fucking right. million people. <laughs> so right. it's not the same thing as like, oh, we got the bad president. We got to stop him. It's right. It's we true. have to stop people from dying right. for no yes, fucking it's reason just a at question, all. It's a, it's a question of how to pitch to people who aren't already with you, right? Um you know, and I think there's a lot of classism and a lot of alienating that goes on among the resistance. And um, I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, just thinking, I was talking to someday, uh, talking today with someone about the slave labor or, or um, prison labor that Hillary Clinton used, and how if I were, uh, Hillary, you had it right the first time. Slave, it labor. is slave. Well, labor. actually, it is technically. A lawyer told me this. I went and looked it up because I was like, okay, guys, let's not overstate. I'm really into understating as opposed to overstating, so that um, it has more value, so that like it's less easy to dismiss. Right. But it actually is slave labor because I, I said, okay, prison labor, and, and a lawyer, Esha. Um, you know, on Twitter, her name is Esha Isha. Do you know her? Let me just oh, look yes, this up. Oh, yes, Esha. Yeah, yeah, she's cool. Yeah, she's great. And she is a lawyer and super, super smart. Not that you have to be a lawyer to be smart, but she was like, no, actually, according to the UN, it is slavery. Um, well, and that's but- what's remarkable is how common slave labor for inmates actually is. I mean, right. 
uh, Elle and I were driving through, you know, Central California to Jack's wedding, and we drove through, you know, Santa Barbara and Montecito and parts of San Luis Obispo that got burnt. And it, I mean, it's fucking horrible. These fires that have happened, like a lot of people died, and then the mudslides killed more people. But what was really interesting and really sad is is that the state deploys inmate firefighters, mostly, right. you know, obviously so low offense workers. And it's it's a lot of women, and it's a lot of men, and it's obviously to qualify for this, you can't have committed a violent crime or else they won't let you out. But what's really fucked up is not only do you get paid like below minimum wage, you get paid like $4 a day to put yourself in extreme risk, but when you get out of jail, there is no waiver so that you can join a fire department. So you can't even use these skills you've built to wow. do anything. So it's like the firefighter won't allow felons, won't allow people who have been inmates. Which is, I think, like really sick. Because, like, why would you yeah, teach these gross. people yeah. and if these skills if and you put trust their lives them at to risk? Do that, yeah, and if you trust them to do that while they're what you're, you're afraid that, like, is the idea that under uh, supervision they're trustworthy, but not under supervision, someone who like stole a piece of bread or shoplifted or whatever they did or had some marijuana on them will like what like turn like not like they they won't. Uh, save people if they're if they don't like them in a burning house or something. Right, if they won't save people if they don't get like inmate credits. It's absurd. Yeah. it's like an idea that I mean, it is. I mean, like in chain gangs. I mean, this oh my is God, not so a gross. new Remember phenomenon. That, that, that great photo of uh, Bill Clinton in front of uh, what was it? What's in front of a chain gang or what? Some? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, what yeah, is yeah. That? Can the you follow f- him in front of all the black uh, inmates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Who, yeah, he I mean, was just they, teaching them how to play saxophone. Um, but you know, but here's the reason I bring that up is because it's really incredible to me that defenders of, um, of Hillary Clinton, if I were a big Hillary fan, right. And supporter, I would have said it's horrible that she, that, that prison labor was used, but that was what people did. She couldn't reinvent the wheel. Um, it's a systemic problem. What are you supposed to do when your governor, you know, the governor's wife of Arkansas? I would have, sure, it would have been amazing had she disrupted this this tradition, but let's put it in the context and blah, blah, blah. But what people would do, and it's almost like a, a self-parody, is they were like, whatever, you guys don't even care about this issue. You just think it's bad because Hillary did it. It's like, no, that's just so not convincing and so not based in reality. You just totally undermine any cred that you may have at one time had and the other thing it's it's to me honestly if i'm being real it's like it's not even that hillary did that like it's really horrible but i kind of expect it it's that she thought it was appropriate to put it in a book yeah yeah so you know there's lots of shit in the clans blands that's uh terrible that the resistance has ignored and there there's a whole um uh, new element to it um now that we just uh, it was just revealed that Hillary Clinton had a sex offender on uh, a sexual predator on her payroll um, uh, during her 2008 campaign, and then 2016, and then 2016, she uh, it was revealed that uh, I don't know the guy's what's the guy's name. Let me Let's look see. him up. It's, yeah. it's the Faith Advisor. This is uh, the Faith yeah. Advisor of the Strider. Burn Strider. That's such a great. He just sounds like a segregationist. Yeah, so, so he was her faith uh, consultant, and he repeatedly har- sexually harassed uh, a staffer. And yeah. Hillary Clinton, uh, we found out uh, about a week ago that Hillary Clinton uh, didn't fire him, kept him on. But we just found out today that her ex-campaign manager told her to fire right. her, and Clinton overruled her. 
Right. Yeah. So it wasn't actually today. I think it was earlier. But yes, that's right. Can I can I read from Politico just so? Uh, yeah. Go is ahead. That, as a uh, co-host, uh, you know, of course, per- you're the as the permanent po- co-host. So it's an ex camp. This is Politico ex campaign manager Clinton overruled firing staffer accused of harassment. Hillary Clinton personally overruled a recommendation that she fire a top campaign staffer accused of sexual harassment in 2008. Her campaign manager at the time said Monday, Patty Solis Doyle who headed Clinton's presidential bid when a young female staffer accused senior advisor Burns Strider of repeatedly sexually harassing her, told CNN she urged Clinton to dismiss Strider, but the Democratic candidate rejected the recommendation. I was overruled, Solis Doyle said in her first public remarks since the harassment controversy was reported by the New York Times on Friday. Um, Strider, according to the Times, was kept on the campaign at Clinton's behest despite the allegations of misconduct. The conduct, the Clinton faith advisor was docked several weeks' pay and told to undergo counseling in response. The Times reported Strider went on to lead an independent organization that backed Clinton's candidacy in 2016. And so this is such P. Clinton. She addressed the controversy Friday on Twitter, writing that she contacted the former female aide to, quote, tell her how proud I am of her and to make sure she knows what all women should. We deserve to be heard. I was dismayed when it happened, but was heartened. The young woman came forward, was heard, and had her concerns taken seriously and addressed. Heard. Yeah, heard and addressed how they were, and and then well, like, I, but but the, she just does what everybody does. She did what Hollywood does. She did what the Catholic Church did. Like she does what powerful institutions do when someone in a high ranking uh, position, right, which is brushes fucks it up, under the rug, throw it under the rug and move them far away from the from the spotlight. Just yeah. get them out of there. Get to them be anywhere. Fair, to be fair, I'm impressed because it proves to us that what it shows us is that like. It's not nepotism. Like, she's as tolerant of sexual uh, harassment when it comes to other people as she is when it comes to her husband. So, good on Hillary. Yeah. I mean, there is, like, something to be said, I guess, about how, like, insanely personally loyal she is to the five people who have been by her side since day one. Right. But, uh, God, that only goes so fucking far, especially when all of those people are creeps. Like, being loyal is good being loyal to bad people when you are bad is bad it's like, an ab- I mean, it's enabling not, it's enabling it's enabling i mean it's not yeah. loyal yeah you're not supposed to be it's loyal it's not even to loyalty it's it's yeah it's enabling yeah. hey, hey guys guys you i think you're being a little too hard because we know how big the evangelical vote came out for Hillary Clinton in both 2008 and 2016 so obviously um she wouldn't well, be really pre- important. She, she wouldn't be president right now if it wasn't for right, this totally. guy obviously who delivered all those millions of voters right well, that's another South thing tour. like <laughs> like so not only is this guy like a sexual predator and a harasser who has just been like making women on on Hillary's campaign miserable for years or Hillary's team for years but like he's also not good at his job. <laughs> he's like, he, right. what faith advisement actually has happened from the Clinton world in the last twenty years? What about a uh, what group of religious people has the Democratic Party, uh, you know, uh, really appealed to? Mm. I, I don't know. I mean, every religious group seems to be pushing hard right as the Republicans pander more and more to them over the last I don't know what forty years. Right. What, what does this guy even do? Like, does he, does he, is he the guy that tells Hillary, hey, bring hot sauce to churches? Like, what, what, half of these people are just making, like, a high six figures a year to just have, like, a title that means nothing. Like, I looked up this Bernd Strider dude, and, like, he's not a spiritual advisor. He's not a, he's not a, a minister. 
He's not a, uh, you know, he's not a, a, a pious man of God. He's a lobbyist. He ran oh, a group called wow. the, the Aylison Group. And they're just a bunch of, they're, they're consultants that are, what they do is they connect Democrats with religious nonprofits. So he's just some money dude. It's just like every one of these fucking guys. There's no humanity in any of these political campaigns. It's all just businessmen and businesswomen trying to figure out how to, I mean, they look at voters like customers. So right. how do you get the customers in? But they, they don't even consider that uh, that's not how elections work. That's not how voting works. That's not how really even religion works. I feel like most evangelical conservative religious voters would look at that guy and go like, that guy's not going to convince me a goddamn thing. So like, let alone, let alone the fact that he's a predator, his lobbying group is called the American Values Network. And it's just uh Wow, might as well be a right winger, right? Yeah. The I mean the the mission is to enroll, engage, and enable faithful Americans and others of goodwill to stand up, speak out, and actively participate in building up the American family and community values that have always been at the core of our successful efforts to create a more perfect union. I mean, it sounds like something from Focus on the Family. Yeah, totally, it sounds yeah. like you know, it sounds really conservative. So it's just let's see. Uh what they have been involved in is caring for the poor, non-proliferation, climate change, and uh, those are good things. Arm- but so they are about countering hypocrisy on the Christian right. But it's a good thing. But not but they're not they're, winning. They're not doing right. anything. They're Where's bad. That? Yeah, they're not good at their job. Um, they are. Yeah, they're big in climate change. They're they they push out. Uh, I mean, these are all like the kind of things that like if actually implemented. Uh, would 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 be successful, but I mean their campaigns are dumb. Yeah. Like they had one thing called Christians must choose Ayn Rand or Jesus. Like that's stupid because Ayn wow. Rand is not a Christian yeah. figure. Yeah, yeah. Ayn Rand. Like, it's not like like Christians. Do you think Paul are... Ryan gives a fuck about God? Like, right. <laughs> Ayn Rand was a secular Jew uh, who like. Was hated Jews. <laughs> really unattractive. I mean, not to be whatever, but this is not like the most appealing person. She's not like a crossover figure. I mean, she is for for libertarian sadists, but I don't think most evangelicals who pride themselves on being evangelicals uh, find her appealing on that level. I mean, Paul Paul Ryan, when he talks about her, it's not as an evangelical, right? It's more as a kind of, I guess, a bootstrapping, pro-bootstrapping, although he was born in like, you know, he was rich born rich but yeah. uh that's a weird that's kind of a weird like all right guys stop salivating over Ayn Ayn Rand already right <laughs> yeah it's but, bizarre yeah. so so after after 2008 he gets busted uh for for you know being a creep now he said well look you know I'm a I'm a guy from the south and southern people are very hospitable and friendly and right. you know they touch people and it wasn't it's cultural it's not sexual so sure. uh somehow Hillary Clinton bought that and so last year or sorry, I guess two years ago, even though it feels like it's 2016 is just now forever. Right. Uh, he was not actually on, I, I was wrong, he's not on the Clinton campaign. He was one of the leaders of Correct the Record, the troll yes. outfit that that recently got Blue banned from Reddit. 
because, I mean, a multi-million dollar campaign to make the internet as miserable as possible for anyone who is even slightly critical of Hillary Clinton on social media. Yeah. As David I, Brock's right. scumbag outfit. Yeah, who, who tried to before he... My theory about David Brock is he's just a total mercenary. He was on the right, and then he's gay, and he realized, like, oh, these people think I'm an abomination, the ones who aren't actually closeted themselves, so I'm going to switch teams, not sexually, politically. And well, he mean, went from the, the hating weird, yeah. the Clintons to working for them. Apparently, Brock, Bill Clinton bought... Uh, tons of copies of David Brock's book. Oh, really? Uh, Bli- blinded by the Light. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, what was it called? The real was it blinded, by the, blinded by the Right. No, Blinded by the Right, I think. Um, yeah, so, but also, so, you know, I, I, don't, I, I interviewed Juanita Broderick, by the way, speaking of sexual assault and rape. And uh, How'd that go? It was great. I mean, okay, so let me say this both ways, depending on when it comes out, okay? I, I, uh, I interviewed... Juanita Broderick, and you can hear our interview, my interview with her on my podcast, and also uh, it's in New York Magazine. Uh, and this is your podcast. What are you? You're the on my other podcast. Co-host. On my oh, on the my Katie Halper, Halper show. Yeah, Wait exactly, a minute, you're yeah. still going to be doing that? Oh yeah, I didn't clear that with you. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Yeah, that uh. goes in the that's in my rider. Um, blinded by the right. Yeah, the conscience of an ex conservative. Um, so yeah, the Clintons, Clint, Bill Clinton bought that book and like gave it, sent it to people. But anyway, so, uh, Juanita Broderick, it's, we, I'm a little disappointed that people aren't more, uh, sympathetic and empathetic and compassionate towards her because yes, she wound up endorsing Trump, but it, I mean, I don't, it's, it's like, can you imagine you're raped? She claims to be raped. I, that she was raped. I believe her. Uh, can you imagine you're raped by uh, a then attorney general who's running for governor? She met him because he was she was volunteering for him. Imagine you're raped by him and you talk about it and nobody, no feminist liberals except for Katha Pollitt, like back in the 90s, really said anything about it. And then she, uh, you know, Juanita Broderick sees Hillary Clinton telling uh, survivors of sexual assault that they have the right to be heard and believed. Uh, She tweets this this tweet that goes really viral where she talks about how she was raped by uh, Bill Clinton when she was 35 and silenced by Hillary. Uh, Yeah, I, I mean, I get why she and she's allowed to tell her story for the first time by Trump. Who who was totally exploiting her? Yeah. But but I mean, what's one of the most interesting parts of the interview is that Juanita says, um, "People ask me if I was used, and I I don't know, but I don't really care. Maybe I was used, but I was allowed to like say my speak my truth in a way that I hadn't by anyone else." Yeah, you can't blame her for you know no going to the people who actually listen to her. Right. And say at least say they want to help her. If we're if the left, broad left, the Democrats are just going to yeah, if, ignore if people, her. Right. If well, people wanted to, so- if people mm-hmm. wanted her not to to join the right, uh, then they needed to hear her on the left. And you know, lots of people are saying that Bill Clinton should have resigned over Monica Lewinsky. I mean, of course, they're not saying this. They didn't say this in, during the primary because no. But Jilly Brand is doing her thing. Yeah, where she, she's like, she, yeah, yeah should have resigned. She, right, and and what the what and so did um, Matt Iglesias. And what Iglesias and, and others are saying is like, had he resigned, it's not like a Republican would have come into power. It's that Al Gore would have taken over. Um, and people say this about Mon- the Monica Lewinsky scandal, which wasn't a rape. It was rapey in the power dynamic. Right. I mean, you're talking about. 
what an intern versus literally the most powerful man in the entire world. But it's it wasn't the physical coercion that happened to Juanita Broderick, and everyone already knew and knows about the about the Monica Lewinsky thing, but people still aren't talking about Juanita Broderick as much. I mean, Michelle Goldberg did say, I believe Juanita, again, after Hillary uh, lost the the general election. People will accuse me of being too Bernie-focused, but I just think this is a, an, a really important example of hypocrisy. Like, if putting the Juanita thing on, on aside for a second, like, if you think that the Monica Lewinsky thing was inappropriate and that Bill Clinton should have resigned, there was someone running during the primary who wasn't the, not only the spouse, but the kind of political partner of Bill Clinton who you could have endorsed. Yeah. I mean, how, well, how much do you take that serious? How, how ser- and then people say it's not her, it's her husband. But look, she invokes her husband on. constantly. It's not a sexist thing. There are double standards in terms of how we define women by their spouses. But Hillary, you know, she, she constantly invoked her husband during the, prime, during the election. She, they're, they're very politically linked to each other. Yeah, they're um, a political team. You can't. Well, yeah. That's why I, I'm very careful to always try to say the Clintons instead right. of just Bill or Hillary because they are a political unit just like those people in um, House of Cards. Um, right. That's not the right. only similarities between them, but yeah. Right. No, I mean, oh, yeah. another. I mean, that's actually, I think, part of the reason why, you know, I watched that amazing Wiener documentary. Yeah, which was really One of great. the best doc- political documentaries ever. And like the way that Huma and Anthony operate is yes. so similar to the way that that Bill and Hillary operate, where they are almost like two business people whose marriage is just one aspect of a partnership that is designed to maximize power and profit. It is very clear that like uh, the romance or is not really a factor, and that's like fine. Like some people like don't want to fuck, I guess, each other, whatever. Right. Like, it's not really my business, but, like, to pretend that, like, this is, a like, a marriage in, like, the purest sense of what a marriage is and not, like, a, a thing that is part of the machinations of the system and not being able to comment on that is, is just absolutely absurd. Um, and the idea that, that you know, the way that, that Hillary would not be aware of these allegations against Bill is also comical. Well, like she she knows everything he does and he knows everything she does. Yeah, so the excuses were uh before that oh well she's separate from them this is, isn't her decision this isn't about her you can't it's sexist to link her to his actions etc etc etc. Right. That doesn't apply to this new case with this with the sexual harassment because she played a direct role in protecting someone from right. facing the consequences of sexual harassment for no seemingly no other reason than he was her guy and he wanted to and she wanted wanted to give him i don't know probably six figures to do nothing uh prop for uh during the campaign right yeah so when you when you spoke to Juanita Broderick, I mean, well, it's interesting. I, yeah, very. What I was going to say is like she has become sort of a a weapon of the right, and she doesn't want that. She just there's a great article on believe it or not, fucking I think BuzzFeed of all sites where. The- oh no, Kate. Yeah. So the reason I heard about Juanita Broderick is that I have to say, like, I always I dismissed her for years. Uh, I didn't even look into her story. All I knew is that she had accused. I knew that someone had accused. Uh, Bill Clinton of rape, and I kind of dismissed it. And there are so many crazy conspiracy theories about the Clintons that aren't true, 
uh, that I, I was used to s- dismissing some of them. Of course, they, they really hijacked that. They really took advantage of that by anytime so- someone said something critical, they would, you know, Clinton supporters would say, oh, that's a right-wing talking point. You sound like a conspiracy theorist, et cetera. But um, what happened was, I, I, what, ha- what forced me to look at this was actually that um, Rebecca Schomkorf, is that her name, at uh, Wonkette. Oh, Wonkette. Yeah, she wrote, and in a weird way, she was pretty honest. I'm very, so it was an outrageous thing that she wrote, but it was actually helpful for a couple of reasons. So so Katie Baker had written this great piece called uh, Juanita Broderick Wants to Be Believed. Uh, and I didn't see that at first. What I saw instead was via Twitter, and actually a friend t- texted me this outrageous link to the, to, uh, the Wonkette piece that Rebecca Schomkorf had written um, a piece called let's talk about Juanita Broderick. And she said she believed that it was likely that Bill Clinton had raped her. Um, And she also said, but that doesn't necessarily make you a bad feminist. And that, you know, when uh, people had a very bad response to that, and she wound up apologizing to, to Broderick and writing a whole new uh, piece about it. But it's because of that that I, I even saw the the Katie Baker story. And I had Katie Baker on my show. And the biggest problem for me is that it was such an... In, there was so much hypocrisy about Juanita Broderick because people who very openly frame themselves, uh, present themselves as part being part of the Believe Women movement and hashtag... Uh, had a loophole for Juanita Broderick, right? Like, I don't honestly know how, I don't wholeheart, like, I'm not an 100% believe women person, um, which is kind of another issue, but you can't say believe women and then have, like, peop- certain loopholes in- unless the person was totally discredited, which Broderick was not. Yeah, you can't have a loophole with believe women. Like, you either believe women until they're, they're, unless they're discredited um, or you don't believe women. And we, there was actually a really cool controlled experiment that happened, which was the same week that the Katie Baker story came out about Juanita Broderick. That same week, there was, um, during that same time period, there was a story about a New York City comedian who had been accused of rape. And I remember that on Twitter, um, the esteemed Sadie Doyle, was tweeting about this comedian, and I think it was Doug Stanhope uh, who said tweeted something like, maybe Twitter isn't the best place to talk about something like this. There are not enough characters, uh, you know. Some, I guess he was saying there was some nuance in how you believe people or don't believe people. And Sadie Doyle said, here's an easy way to do it, Here, or here's a, here's a shortcut, believe women. And, of course, Sadie was totally silent on... on believing Juanita Broderick and that story had you know that was a much higher profile story than something about a New York City comedian um well it's almost it's almost as if summing up your entire like it's almost as if saying believe women and like adding nothing else to it is fucking stupid because it's like these people don't believe them. The same people who who scream believe women at people don't believe women that uh go against their narrative that right. you know say you know the Democrats are perfect angels who just wanted to give ponies to everybody. Well, yeah, they it's don't. Not- they don't really. I mean, it depends on the person, but in large part, they don't. It's believe women unless they're women who are accusing someone who is the political partner and spouse of a woman who I see as the um, future of. I mean, who who is infallible? 
You know, uh, it, it's yeah. it's just not honest, though. No, it's, it's, it's totally it's like, dishonest. And again, like, you know, at least like to be fair, like Michelle Goldberg had written a piece that that kind of said, like, wouldn't it be ironic if like Hillary got punished for um, for Clinton's rape for a rape that Bill Clinton got away with? And I'm not sure that that's really like the take. That's that's my kind of feminism. Yeah, <laughs> which is like let Hillary get away with the rape. Let Hillary go un- untarnished by the rape that her. And I get that it's unfair and it would have been ironic. But again, I'm not sure that that's like. I mean, my thing is more like, how about we prior privilege the woman who's not one of the most powerful people in the world, namely Juanita Broderick and other sexual assault victims. Um, it's just that, like you know, I, Katie, I think you're just demanding too much of Hillary Clinton. I mean, all she wants to do is be the most powerful person in the entire planet. I mean, if you expect her to put forth the effort to distance herself from, you know, sexual predators or other people who are just pieces of shit and distance herself before she becomes the most powerful person in the world, that's just asking a bit too much, frankly. Right. And and she did say, she said that... um she said that Juanita Broderick, when she was asked about her, had been discredited, and she hadn't been discredited. The only thing Broderick did is that she said that Bill Clinton hadn't raped her, uh, and then since 1999 has said that he had. And she explains why she said he didn't rape her. And, and you know, people who are, are sensitive to sexual assault know that lots of women deny it, that it happened um, for a long time and before coming forward. The other thing people like to say when they uh, try to discredit Broderick is that Kenneth Starr didn't choose her to testify during the impeachment trial of Bill Clinton. But the reason that Juanita Broderick wasn't asked to testify is because he was looking for um, obstruction of justice evidence. And Broderick always said it's Bill Clinton never tried to to shut her up or never paid her money to shut up. He, she just says he raped her. So that doesn't while that's a crime, it doesn't fall under obstruction of justice, which was the issue. And I just want to point out, you know, we're still uh, talking about Bill and Hillary Clinton, unfortunately, because we're still one year into the resistance and nothing has changed. Trump is still president. The thing that people said would never happen. The thing that people said was going to end. The thing that people said would not last a year. Um, right. Still going on. And he's actually given the State of the Union tonight. So The State of the Union. Yeah. That's how we're going to defeat him by by pointing out that someone misspelled that. Yeah, it, it just points. And of course, we hate Trump. It's not like we're Trump apologists. We're just some. We're just people who actually thinks it would be a good idea to defeat Trumpism and Trump, as opposed to like like uh, you know laughing with our friends over about him over cocktails. Yeah, or, or retreating in Martha's into- Vineyard or or the Hamptons or whatever. Yeah. Or just retreating into this complete fantasy narrative right. that he's going to be defeated. Oh, it's on. Oh, yeah, it's on. It's happening. It's now. It's happening now. I mean, also, I, I still remember the interview that Jen, Jen Palmieri, who was Clinton's um, comms director, gave shortly after Trump's uh, inauguration on Meet the Press. And she was asked about where the outrage and the protests against Trump, where was that before the election? And she kind of said it in a really weird way. Like she was very upset. She was like, that's not a very healthy question. Um, I, my heart almost went out to her. 
Uh, but she said, you know, it's a mistake to look at these marches and rallies and think that that means that it's about fight for 15, uh, minimum wage. You know, this is about solidarity. It's about not shopping at Nordstrom's. It's about our, it's about our identity politics. It's our turn for identity politics. It was like totally incoherent. But the, the major part that I found fascinating was like an actual fear of the realization that there are economic things that tie people together in their opposition um, to Trump. I mean, the fact that she had to say that shows, I think, that she's scared of the fact that, uh, I, I mean, I think partly these people ideologically are opposed to look or to, you know, God forbid, fight for 15. Um, but I also think that because Bernie Sanders had supported it and Hillary had to be pushed to support it because she was about, you know, 12 hours, $12 uh, minimum wage. I think that they don't even want, they're so afraid of something coming out as, as, as a, justification or validation of Sanders that they can't even say that 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 that's part any part of it at all well, and, and and what that's just uh, bizarre to me because in the end if you're going to make a a a the the plank of your of your platform the plank of your election being like a victory for women then you can't just keep throwing inconvenient women away over and over again. But that's what the Democrats keep right. doing. And, like, it's not a surprise to right. me that, like, Juanita Broderick would talk to Breitbart or talk to Daily Caller or whoever the yeah. fuck would care about her. Because who else is covering it? Who else and granted, they're it, doing yeah. it for disingenuous reasons. Of course they are. Of course. You don't give of a course shit they about are. But again, we need it if we, I mean, it's, we, there was a really scary, uh, infuriating quote from, um, uh, someone, someone from Emily's list that who who uh, Katie Baker had spoken to for the BuzzFeed piece. So yeah, so Katie Baker again did this great story called Juanita Broderick wants to be believed, and um, there was a really telling quote I think, which was from Marcy Stetch, who was vice president of communications at Emily's list, which is a political action committee that tries to get it claims women uh, pro-choice candidates elected. Uh, but it's yeah, a it's a it's a DNC affiliated super. Yeah, and it, so, it just yeah. gives money to people who already have money, and it didn't support Lucy Flores. It punished her for being a Bernie person, uh, even though she openly spoke about her abortion and was extremely pro-choice. And uh, there's someone running for Congress in uh, Nebraska who's a woman who's pro-choice against a conservative Dem who voted for all the stuff Heath Mello put out there. Uh, I don't want to go down this 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 lane too much because it's a totally it's another story, but it's just such right. a perfect example of hypocrisy. All yeah, these Luke, feminists who were mad yeah, they, at they were at, yeah. thrown under the bus. Yes. So uh, Emily's list anyway. So uh, so this woman uh, Marcy Stetch said to Katie Baker, "Women know that this is an unfair attack on Hillary, and that's why it continues to exist in the small corner of the right wing media world." Um. No, it exists in the small uh, corner of the right-wing media world because people like Marcy Stetch and liberal feminists refuse to pay attention to it. Right. And these are extremely it's obvious. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, these are extremely obvious political attacks. So it's the whole right-wing conspiracy thing that Hillary started, you know, 
in the '90s, where every attack on her is part of you know right. the the global right wing right effort wing, to take her yeah. down, which they which, exists. To be like, fair, let's not, exists. yeah, yeah, right. And I think we're stronger. Our criticism of the Clintons is stronger when we acknowledge that. But there also are valid policy critiques and a lot of criticism from people that's not based on that, and they really take advantage of the fact that there are sexist and conspiracy theory attacks on them. Uh, but that doesn't give them that, and they try to get licensed to do whatever they want from that. Right. Well, because both are true yeah. at the same time. Well, because yeah, because uh, Roger Stone says that uh, right. you know uh, Bill Clinton is a rapist, then well, he can't be a rapist because right. Roger Stone's a liar, and it's just it's well, yeah, no, exactly. I still believe Juanita. I still believe Juanita Broderick, and right. I don't blame I don't blame her for talking to the right. The same. Yeah. I don't really blame anybody for talking to the people who will pay attention to them when they need to have attention paid yeah, to them. Yeah, and when the other people, the alternative doesn't, it's a creates a vacuum. If if the people on the left won't talk to you and you want your story out there, you talk to whoever's there, and that happened right. to be the right. It's yeah, like pe- people that's got. Why, that's why we talk to gamers on this show. Yeah, I mean, well, that, I mean, yeah. I'll talk to anybody. Like I got. You know, some people used to get mad at me because I used to be more open to, like, talking to right-wing people. I used to do yeah. it all the time. Like, I went – I talked to, like, a guy at Breitbart about why I thought Bernie was going to be uh, – why I thought, like, if Bernie lost, Trump would win. And I talked to this one guy at, like – I did, like, a Heat Street right-wing podcast where I basically argued with them about how cultural Marxism was stupid. And I used uh-huh. to think, like, like as a phrase, like, it's not a real thing yeah, and, and how, sure. they, how it's used by the right. And I realized, like, a couple of things. One is I was, like – becoming like some Alan Combs motherfucker. Like I was only talking to those people and I didn't enjoy it. But two, like I realized that the only reason I was talking to them is because they were talking to me and there was no, there was nobody in the media talking to anybody about how if Bernie loses, Trump will win. And I was like sounding the alarm and I felt like nobody was listening to me. And it's like, well, who cares? You're just like some guy, you're an actor. What the fuck are you even doing? It's like when you feel like you have to get something out there and obviously this is such a small, small, tiny, tiny thing compared to what Winita Broderick went through. You will, if you feel like you have to get something out, like, and, and you feel like people right. aren't listening to you, you will, like, someone's going to take me seriously, I'll pay attention yeah. to them, I'll communicate with them. And it's that simple. And uh, it's good that people on the left are finally realizing that. And you are right that what Wanquette wrote about uh, how Bill Clinton maybe could be regretful if he and she believes he, you know, he may have done it, but he regrets it and is now a better feminist for it, which, you know, any other rapist would not get that benefit of the doubt. Right. From and also she says, she says that I believe in forgiveness. I'm Catholic. Like, have you read Wonkat? She calls Jill Stein a cunt. This is not like yeah. a Catholic informed, like it, this is not the the Jesuit liberation theology uh, uh, tradition of Catholicism that is not <laughs> present on that website. And Dactyl, we know you're listening, so shout out. Yeah, and 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 the, and the yeah. uh, sad part, the really confusing part is like, who says Bill Clinton is a feminist? That's like another right. liberal. Well, Emily's thing. list where he spoke. Oh, geez. So, but yeah. that's another liberal thing to like. It can't. You can't. Bill Clinton can't just be like a guy you believe in. He also be has to be a super woke feminist and extremely right. smart on. And prompt politics, right. very intersectional. He can't just be like, all right, a pretty good president from four years ago who's cool. He also has to be right. like 
everything else. Well, and make, make no mistake, Hillary does the same thing. She'll use feminism as, as a shield. Like, when she got busted for this Burn Strider thing, that night, she got, like, drunk at some party and was like, activist bitches supporting bitches. Oh, my which God. Which I guess was some Facebook group or something for, uh, for Pantsuit Nation ladies. But it was just so cringy to see. It was so desperate, and it was like, then she went on a, you know, she showed up at the Grammys and read her Fire and Fury bit, and, and, oh and everyone, uh, all of my Hollywood friends, liberal friends are going, isn't that so great, isn't that so great? Yeah. It's like, no. So bold, and by the so way, brave. Grammys are having their lowest ratings ever because no one wants her there. <laughs> Nobody likes yeah. this shit except for you. Yeah. You know, uh, it's funny. The Grammys, actually, Juanita Broderick told me in this interview that, um, when they interviewed her for Dateline in 1999, they kept putting off uh, publishing it. They pu- kept, sorry, airing it. And they finally aired it. She's very upset. They aired it again opposite the Grammys. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is remarkable how much power uh, the Clintons have over just the mainstream Democratic sort of hive yeah. mind. Like, you would think that after... I don't know, like failure after failure after failure, followed by the biggest failure in the Democratic Party's history, that the loyalists would be ready to start looking at fresh blood. Or if not, at least younger people, at least, you know, points of view that haven't been tried out. Bernie Sanders is not a young man, but what he expresses is something that explicitly appeals to uh, any voter under 50, really. I mean, a lot of older voters, too, who are now about to face retirement and with nothing. Uh, right. <laughs> and yet and yet, we still will get into these personality fights until the end of time over, right. over really silly things. And, I mean, like, like the, the, the fire and fury thing is not going to actually – maybe, maybe the, everyone in the media keeps telling her if she keeps showing up to, to, to do cameos that people will want her to be the president. But it's, it's not the case. Just be, right. and, and I get, I worry a little bit. I genuinely worry. I genuinely worry that people in specifically like Los Angeles or New York just have not got it pushed through their heads that like the majority of the country deeply despises these people now for what they did. Right. And if we just keep pushing the same boring Tom Perez, Clinton land garbage, we're fucked. We are so fucked right. as, as, and and the problem with the centrists is that they they the conservatives call them leftists. They call them socialists, which is so insane because they're not even close to socialist. But f- for some reason, we are, and whether we want to be or not, like linked to these assholes. And so, yeah. how do you how do you basically not just cut these people loose from the Democratic Party, but just over the mainstream grip of what the quote unquote left is to the and, you know, maybe that boils down to the fact that our country has shifted so right wing over the last 35 years that we don't even know what left is anymore. Well, there's a, I think there's a real mistake, which is that that some people make, which is that the country has shifted to the, so far to the right that we can't afford to be left. We have to be centrist. The truth is, though, Ugh. that and we saw this from Trump and, and uh, Sanders and people love to and I feel like a broken record. People love to talk about how they're similar. Now, they're only similar in that they appeal to some overlapping populations. And that's a good thing. We want people to be pulled 
pulled away from Trump, to be peeled away from Trump. So when people say this idea that like, you know, centrism and moderate centrism or moderate liberalism is the answer to a, a, a world and a country that has shifted to the right, that's the opposite of the truth. The truth is people want like anti, you know, what, what Trump and Bernie both offered was a, uh, a politics that's uh, against the establishment, it's out. It, it's a. Uh, I mean, Trump really is not against the establishment, but he pretends right. to be. But a the marketing. Rules. It's not. Yes, the marketing is that it's not the same politics as usual, and they speak to people like they are saying the system isn't working. It's really screwed up, and you guys are getting screwed. And I always say this, but like the difference is that Trump is saying blame Mexicans and Muslims, and Bernie Sanders is saying blame inequality. Um, yeah. And that's what look. This is what when people are hurting. That's what they, what appeals to them. Not these like milk toast middle of the road. What is Hillary at all? What do they even stand for? Well, like, because no one when can it boils, even say that. when you boil it down, when you boil it down, there is only actually two answers for the majority yeah, of exactly. working people. Right. It is either there is inequality or your jobs are being taken by the other. That's it. That you can, yeah, exactly. You can't, yeah. you can't convince the majority of people with a bunch of charts that everything's fucking okay. Yeah. (laughs) Or we just need minor tweaks. It's frustrating because it's like, you don't want to create the same arguments that the center creates, which is like, well, we need to appeal to racists by being more. Well, no, right. But that's not what we're saying. The difference is we appeal to people by offering things that are actually like, um, materially yes, beneficial. Yes, not by like selling people under the bus, not by watering down things. It's the right. stuff that actually gets to people. Like, right. the, I, like, guess what, Schumer, you're wrong. Schumer said for every white working class person, we lose, what was it, like in Wisconsin? Oh, we'll, we'll get like a, a million moderate, we'll yeah. get two moderate Republicans yeah. in Pennsylvania nope, and wrong. Wisconsin. Wrong. Dead, not only dead wrong, yeah. but also like- Win elections. I mean, it's classist as fuck. You're going to lose- yeah. It's really classist, and it and it also speaks to this Democrat ideology that like people who are morally individually, uh, who people who have uh, people who are uh, on an individual level who have done immoral things right. or have immoral points of view deserve to be punished by economic right. austerity, which is silly. Which is silly like, well, because it's like the economic austerity also makes people more vulnerable right. to those things. And the other thing that's stupid is that like look. The idea that people are so dumb about this, like when they're like, well, uh, it's it, it's it's about racism and so class stuff won't work because people only care, people are racist. It's like, wait, that's a question of framing. You need to get out there and say, like Sanders does, it's not about the person of, it's not about Muslims or Mexicans or black people. It's right. you're getting screwed because of this. Like people aren't. It's not, it's almost like it's an inherent thing, like racial, uh, you know, race, white supremacy will always dominate and, and, and make people, uh, like determine people's decisions. That's just not true. Like, you yeah, just the idea that de- it's, the yeah. idea that like these, these working class white people who voted for Trump are like automatically like orcs or something. Yeah. Like it's, it's very cartoonish and it's. And the other, and the other thing is then people will say, oh, why are you appealing to racists? Like, look, the only thing that you need to do to reach people to some of them, some of them is you push through good policies, right? Which is like stuff that h- helps all of the working class, people of color, which includes people of color, obviously, and frames it in an anti-racist way. That's good for everyone. Right. It's it, not uh, like w- to win these people, you have to say black people are stealing. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I go crazy over this because I think- No, it's no, really no, I do too because it's, it's, 
it's and it's something that I not you know, I, you know I try to, I try to walk no a sense. thin line on. Yeah. But cuz it really is like a very you you never want to give the impression that you're okay or tolerant of any fucking bigotry right. at all. Yeah. But 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 also like because you have a bad political view, I think you should starve to death is not going right. to work because then that person's going, I don't have a job because of them, not because right. oh, my own view is what <laughs> fucked me right. over. They and again, show me show me that sing- single payer is has higher support among black voters than among white voters. Right. So tell me that like Pushing single payer uh, is racist, and and that pushing single payer helps white people more. Uh, th- like this narrative that if we push single payer, we're throwing people of color on the bus. Like, what on earth are you talking about? Something like single payer helps everyone, especially people of color, who are yeah, like, yep. as in every other thing, the most disenfranchised and most disadvantaged. You know, like it just makes no sense, and it's all an excuse to avoid actual policy that empowers people who are working class or uh yeah basically working class yeah, yeah. so oh you go ahead Al. yeah so uh i, I know Kay, you ha- uh, have to go yeah. so um yeah i think this has been a very um good episode with our yeah. first new um our, our yeah. new host um, yeah I think i'm glad new. i can't say first job. new host you well, don't well, want to well, give well, it well, our, our new host um, yes our, yeah. per- our totally permanent new host never going away <laughs> yeah. and if i yeah, go so, away that just means you're sexist anti-semites just so we yes. know yeah. Well, I'm Jewish and um, self-loathing, self-loathing, or yeah, no, Leslie that's true. is calling the shots. You never know. Yeah. Mm. Um, so uh, pulling the strings. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> Katie, um, I, I know you you'll probably be wrapping up the Katie Hopper show pretty soon, but want yeah, to moving all last, everything. You just one last get, plug. Yeah, one last plug. Oh my God! First of all, who was the person out there who said that they stopped supporting me and started supporting your show? I want you to, right now, stop what you're doing. Should I find the person? You guys can add it later. Stop what you're doing. And can you guys please tell that person to support me, too? Yes, sure. please support Katie Halper. Yeah, if you, just- canceled, if you canceled the Katie Halper show to listen to us, you're actually... I mean, I'm not going to shit on her own show because our show is the best. But, right. like, her but show blood, is... is blood money. Ins- well, yeah, her show is incisive. <laughs> polit- Look... Her show is some of the most incisive coastal political commentary out there. Like, if you want, like, a leftist talk from the coasts that is actually legitimate and is not, uh, you know, that is, I mean, it's serious journalism and serious opinion writing yes. that happens on the show. We're the goofs. Well, that's why we, we acquired That's why I took this Katie. permanent position, yeah. No, we're com- we our shows Katie. complement each other. But also, I mean, yeah, Leslie got his start. Uh, Leslie got the the Katie Halper show bump. Yes, that's I true. Did. And remember, so, Katie, I spoke to you to to get in touch with Leslie to even start the yeah, session. Yes, so exactly. So you I am, are yeah. you are the show's grandmother. I am. So you better give I me think that godmother. That cheddar. Godmother. Well, yeah. Don't godmother. don't don't uh, don't uh, be ageist, bro. Um, nah, I so love God, whoever you're, whoever's out there and did that, I mean, I'm giving you, I'm not going to call you out unless I, if I see the, if I see that you've done the right thing and honestly, dude, like, or do that. I'm at, what I need from you is $5 a month. Can you, that's literally less than one, $1 a week. Wait, no, it's literally a teeny bit over $1 a week. You could just collect your change. Thanks, and I'm uh my show is I need to have a website and all that jazz, but oi, it's uh it's uh use the hashtag Katie Help Show. That's letter K, letter T, H A L P S H O W, and then I'm on Twitter Katie Helps. It's letter K, letter T, H A L P S. There's a Facebook page. Uh, if you give thirteen dollars, I'll send you a mug. 
uh, thank you for plugging the K Happy Show for you know one last time since you are going to be wrapping it up since yeah, exactly, your commitments yeah. to struggle section yeah are going to be and, uh, uh, too much. Uh, okay, thanks so much, guys. Love the show, guys. You should all support Struggle Session, but you probably know that as well. All right, cool, cool. All right, cool. well, thank you very much. Uh, Great. See you next time, everyone. Peace. Great. Bye. Thanks. Like what you hear, want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.